Deuteronomy chapter 6. You love the Lord this morning, say amen. Amen. You love him the way the Bible says to love him? Lost my amens. Let me just tell you, I, and I like this, these young men on the front. Are y'all in trouble or something? Huh? Y'all got in trouble and had to sit up here, right? Is that what it is? It's just, I like this. You know what? We used to have this. We used to have more of this in our churches. You know what it is? They, I, I honestly, I believe, I really believe these young men, just watching them in the song service, they want something from God. Well, I'm thankful for that. We don't see enough of that. I'm glad y'all are up here today. Now, the more you amen, the faster I preach. So, so if I hear a lot of amens, I get to preaching really fast, and we'll be out of here by 1130. And if we are, it'll be the first time that's ever happened when I'm preaching. But amen means you agree. And I got a lot of amens when I said, do you love the Lord this morning? But then, the old preacher trickery thing. Do you love him the way the Bible says to love him? Well, let's read it. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house. When thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. You do understand that we need to be talking about the things of God, not just at church. How about at home? What do you talk about at your house? What do you talk about with your kids? We need to be teaching them to love God. The way the Bible says to love Him. Do you know it would fix all the problems? It'll fix all the problems in your life if you'll love God the way the Bible says to love Him. It will fix the problems in your life. How do you know I have problems? Because you're human. You're breathing. You go to this church. You've got problems. You've got problems in your life. Love Him the way the Bible says to love Him. It's easy to say. I mean, come on, in a marriage... If you're not careful, I, I'll tell you one thing that doesn't fly. When my wife says, I love you, and I say, ditto. That doesn't fly. When she says, I love you, you know why she's saying that? She wants to hear me say, I love you too. Now, it's easier to text the number two. But it doesn't always go over well. She'll send me a text sometimes, I love you so much, and I'll send back two. And then there's a long pause. And I'll say, I love you too. And then the communication starts back up again. He loves us. He loves us. One-sided love doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't in a marriage. It doesn't in a home. It doesn't in a family. And it doesn't with God. He loves us. He loves us, and he's expecting the same. So much so that he tells us how to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our might. Loving God. Do you love him the way the Bible says to love him? Father, we love you today. Lord, help us to get a hold of this. Lord, help us to realize if we'll love you and 
love you the way you want us to love you, but it'll fix everything in our life. It'll fix our giving. It'll fix our missions. It'll fix our family. It'll fix our home. It'll fix our marriage if we'll love you the way you command us to love you in your word. Bless now the preaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Appreciate you standing. Made me nervous when you all stood. I thought you were leaving. I've had that happen many times, and so, amen. Amen. I got to go... A few years back, me and Miss Jenny got to go to a service in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a memorial service for a, a man, a good Christian man, been a, a Sunday school teacher, had been in, in church ministry, church work, wasn't a, a preacher uh, per se, wasn't a called preacher, but had preached and just, just a great godly man. Had been a member of his church, First Baptist Church of Spiro, Oklahoma, for 55 years when he passed away. Um, I'm sure that was through tough times. I'm sure that was through difficult times. I'm sure that was through changes, because I'm, I'm sure it was like a lot of places, the pastors don't stay very long, so I'm sure it was through a lot of different pastors, so there was a lot of different ways, but you know what? He stayed there for 55 years. You know why? I don't, I don't even know. I never got to talk to the man, but I would say if you ask him, why have you been in that church for 55 years? I think he would look at you like you're dumb and say, that's my church. We've lost that. We've lost it. You know why we've lost that? Because there's so many churches. And so many different kinds. You can have, you can have whatever kind you want. It's kind of like books. I started to say Bibles, but there's just one. I've got the one, but there's other books that people use and call it a Bible. There's so many different ones. There's so many other places to go. But there's only one truth. There's only one right and that's this book, and what this book says. That was his church. Thick or thin, that was his church. Good times and bad times, that was his church. You understand, I don't know if y'all have ever had any bad times. We have bad times in Oklahoma, in our church. They're going to come. Because we have a building full of people who aren't perfect. And we have a platform with people who are not perfect. And we have a string section. I want a string section so bad. That's, I mean, that sounded, in my left ear, that sounded so good. Now, what was going into my right ear didn't sound real good. Whew, man, I don't know who's doing the voice lessons around here, but let's start with the pastor. Man. And somebody that doesn't hear well, they don't realize how loud they're singing. So... <laughs> So I turned my hearing aid up on the left side so I could hear the string section. Man, I like that. I mean, there's not going to be a good church. There's not going to be a perfect church because when we join it, it becomes imperfect. But it's your church. It's your Thank God for your church. 55 years, this man. And so he passes away. I'd, I'd heard about him. He's, he lived about 40 miles from I'd heard about him, and a, a couple that was going to our church at the time said, we would like for you and Miss Jenny to go with us to his memorial service in Tulsa. I said, we'd love to. We'd love to do that. Because as a pastor, you, you do things, and you love to do things that you really don't love to do, but you, you love to do them because you know it's something you need to do. And if you drive 60 miles to Tulsa, there's a lot better eating places in Tulsa than there are in Eufaula. Um, I, although we have Sonic. 
And of all things, that's the perfect place for the pandemic because you can eat in your car. It's worked out really good. We, we, Miss Jenny sits in the back seat, I sit in the front, and we, we social distance and we enjoy our time together. It works out really good. So we went to this memorial service and we get there and we walk in, we're late. It wasn't, a, wasn't in a Baptist church and we walked in, we're late because we're Baptist. And Baptists get to things right about the time it's supposed to start because, I mean, absolutely don't want to fellowship early. Or come in time to read the mission boards. My dad used to, that sounds just like my dad, didn't it? My dad used to get on us, he'd say, you know, it'd be nice if some of y'all would get here to church before 6 o'clock so you could go around and read the missionary letters. Dad didn't pull any punches. So we got there late. We walked in. They handed us this booklet. And it had all these things about this, this man who was a coach and a Christian and a, all the things he had done. And I mean, they, it just, it's neat, the things that he did and the things that he accomplished. And had three sons, and they all served God and lived for God. The, the three sons got up and started speaking at, it, at their dad's memorial service and said things like, one thing our dad wanted was that all his kids and grandkids would come to know the Lord before he passed away, and they, they did. He got to see that, and I thought, man, that's great, that sounds good. And then they went into accomplishments like in coaching and the things that he did. There's an accommodation in here from the governor of Oklahoma, there's an accommodation from the mayor of Tulsa, and just all kinds of things that they did for this man. Great man. Never met him, just heard a lot about him. And, but, they, but as they were reading this thing, and as they were talking about it, the sons were talking, one of the sons got up and said, one thing about our dad, one thing he always taught us, and he always taught all his players, and he always taught all the people that he came in contact with. He had this statement, and everybody knew it, and the statement was this. You can always take your love for God and your love for others to a higher level. And boy, when, they, when he said that, I was looking at my booklet, and I was looking at that statement. When he said that, probably for the, it was like a two-hour memorial service, for probably the next hour, I don't remember anything else. I just sat and stared at that statement. Because the first thing that happened, Brother Bill, the first thing that happened to me was this. I said this, well, I love God at a high level. But what he said. What he said was you can always take your love for God and your love for others to a higher level. And I thought, wow, that's true. That's true. Because no matter where you're at in your life today, no matter where you're at in your love for God, I don't care if you're, just, if you're way up here, or at least you feel like you're way up here in your love for God, you can always take it to a higher level. You can always take it up a step. You can always take it up a step. And then I thought this, I thought, as I was sitting there, you know, when we do that, things are going to change in our life. I mean, things are going to change for the good. The more I love God, the better things are going to be in my life. I remember when we, before we got married, 39 years ago, 39 years with the same woman. I think I've held up well. <laughs> 39 years ago, we sat across from my dad's desk in his office for marriage counseling. And he said this. He said he drew, he drew a triangle. And he said, JR, this is you, and Jenny, this is you. God's here. The closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to each other. I can still see his big old hands. His big old knuckles. I felt his big old knuckles. But I can still see his big hands draw that and say, the closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to each other. But he said this, the further you get from God, the further you'll get from each other. And I thought, when he said that, I thought, well then, we got to walk close to God. 
We need, to, we need to love God more and stay close to God if we want to have a good marriage, and that is the key. He said, you can always take your love for God and your love for others to a higher level. And then the Bible says to love the Lord thy God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with everything that's in you. That's how we're supposed to love the Lord. And I read this statement at that memorial service, and I'm thinking, so if I take my love for God to a higher level, my love for others will go to a higher level automatically. You, you take your love for God to a higher level, you won't have a problem giving to missions. But if you have a problem giving to missions, it may be because you need to take your love for God to a higher level. Well, I just don't believe in giving to missions. Well, then you don't love God. Well, how can you say that? I did, the Bible says that. The Bible says that. His commandment is to love Him. And His commandment is to give. And when we take our love for God to a higher level, it changes everything in our life. Let me give you some examples, and we'll be done. You love, let me ask you a question. Do you love God or you love your cell phone? Do you love God or you love social media? You love God or you love television? You love God or you love your, your music? He said, with all your heart. Y'all shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Do you love God or you love your drugs, your alcohol, your tobacco, your friends, your career, your job, your money? To hear yourself preach. I, I know some preachers, they love to hear their self preach way more than anybody else loves to hear them preach. Because they preach a long time. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't mind long preaching if you've got something to say. I don't, I don't like 15 minutes message and 40 minutes of fluff. I don't like that. I, I love preaching. I've grown up on preaching. I love preaching. But I want to preach too from this book. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. But we have so many other things. So many other things. What's the first thing you grab in the morning? <laughs> My coffee. <laughs> well, something needs to go with your coffee. And if you just thought creamer, you're a sissy. <laughs> Don't put creamer in your coffee. What are you doing? Well, it mellows it. I've never in my 58 years wanted to be mellow. Just promise you that right now. What's the first thing you grab in the morning? You know what I've been told by people? Brother JR, I remember when, when I got up in the mornings, the first thing I would do is get my Bible. But now. We check. I wonder if I get any messages overnight. Well, if you did, why were your friends up? It's got to the point now. We go to bed so early that our kids will text in a group with us. We have to leave the conversation. Does that amaze you that a 58-year-old man knows how to leave the conversation? And my grandson showed me how, how to do that. It's... it's what are you, what are you, what's the first thing you grab in the morning? You know what will help you in your life? If the first thing you grab is this right here. I challenged our church. You can't tell your church anything, so I challenged them. I challenged them for a whole month. First thing in the morning, grab this. Get your Bible. Before you do anything else, before you check your phone, before you check your internet, before you get your 
coffee. Get your Bible. And I, I, Brother Bill, several had said, man, it really made a difference in my life to get in the Word of God first thing. Yeah, yeah. What's the first thing you do in the morning? What's the first thing you grab in the morning? You ought to get in the Word of God. If you love Him, you will. Some things are going to change when you take your love for God to the higher level. Number one, you'll love the words of God. Oh, I love God, Brother Jerry. I love the Lord. He's so special to me. And I love this book. This is an amazing book. And we carry it like this because we love it. We never open it. Come on. We don't read it like we should. We don't get in this book like we should. Before me and Miss Jenny got married, um, I was 11, she was 9. Her and her family showed up at our church. They come in to visit, and there were four girls in the family, one sane one, and the other three are... And they showed up at our church, and her mom and dad were there and visiting. I saw her. Ray Kloffenstein saw her. Ray said, that blonde one's for me. I said, my dad's the pastor here. She's for me. I thought it had pull. I didn't know. I thought, I thought I had pull there. They visited two or three or four weeks and then joined the church. Her mom became our organist. She could play the organ. So her mom became the organist there. And we kind of fired up a relationship. She pursued and I just accepted. <clears throat> It wasn't like, you know, I mean, I was her only choice, and I said with a lot of fish in my pond. I may be getting this mixed up. I don't know. But we started a, whatever you call it, what a 9- and 11-year-old can start, puppy love. Well, put it this way. I gave her a note that says, do you like me, yes or no, circle one. <laughs> so she did. And guess which one she circled. I had hair back then. <laughs> so we started a little, I don't know. And then her dad gets transferred and moves off to Texas. That's like going from, from Oklahoma to Texas, like going from heaven to hell. It just it was, it had to be a major disappointment for him. So he gets transferred to Texas, and we kind of lose contact. We stay in contact a little bit. Then we kind of lose contact. Her sister gets engaged, and her older sister is going to get married, and they called my dad and asked my dad if he would come down there and do the ceremony. So dad accepted. Now I know now it was, this was just a, nothing but a ploy to get me there. Um, and I think she had everything to do with it. I don't know that. I don't know all that. This is my story. I'm telling it. So we go down for the wedding, and we get there, and we go to their house, and I see her again. She sees me, and her eyes start fluttering. And I mean, or one of her eyes, one of, either my eyes or her eyes started fluttering. I don't remember how it happened. But anyway, before the week was over, I told her, I said, uh, can I call you? Yeah, she said, I'd like that. I thought, I bet you would. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, well, I'll, I'll call you. I'll be in touch. She said, okay. So I went home and made a phone call and made another phone call and made some long phone calls. After the first month, Dad came to me and said, son, your phone bill's $185. I said, Dad, you pay me $40 a week. He said, you have a problem. He said, get some paper and a pencil. Dad was pretty old school. <laughs> but... You got to understand, back then when I would call her, I would dial her number. I know you don't understand what that is. That was actually a phone. It had a wire on it. 
you had to plug it into the wall. I know you guys don't know what that is, but I wanted to explain it to you. They want you to be lost in this story because it gets better. It gets better. I can see you hanging on the edge of your seat. So I got a pencil and paper, and I started writing her letters. I would write her a letter. She'd write me four or five. Four or five weeks would go by, I'd write her one. I wasn't real good at it. But I, I was in, one, one of my responsibilities was, and I'm really going somewhere with this, so stay with me. It's not just going down memory lane, although... I'm getting a little misty thinking about it. No. So I would write her, and we'd write back and forth. And I would, I would go pick up the mail for the ministry every morning and then go down to the barn and work with the animals and stuff that we had and the horses and stuff. And So I'd get the mail, and, and I'd go get the mail, and I'd start pulling the mail out into the basket that we had. But I was looking for one letter. Return address, Spring, Texas. That's all it had. If it had Spring, Texas on it, I was, it was all over with. I would open it right then. Stop. There'd be mail in the basket, mail in the box. I would stop right then to read that letter. Because she could write. I mean, if she, if, if she would have known she could have got a job at Hallmark, she would have been a card writer for him. She wrote things like, you're the most handsome man in the world. I thought, well, she's got good discretion, too. You're, you, you're the most handsome man in the world. You remind me of Superman. And I, you know, I could see the resemblance. I hated to say it, but I could see the resemblance. And all these nice things, and I would read it, and I'd put it in my pocket, and I'd get the mail, I'd run back to the ranch, drop the mail off. Or the bill, I'd pull it out again, I'd read it again. Because I wanted to hear all those things again. I'd drive down to the barn where I was supposed to be working, and I'd pull it out, and I'd read it again. Over and over and over again, I'd read that letter over and over. You know why? Because I loved her. Couldn't get enough of her letter. And we say we love God. Come on, you said you did earlier. And he's given us a letter. And if we love him the way the Bible says to love him, we'll love his words. We'll love his letter. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, and I'm, I'm telling you from experience because we've all been there. It's real easy to use that on Sunday. And it's real easy to pull it out on Wednesday night if we go on Wednesday night. It's real easy to pull it out on Wednesday night, pull it out on Sunday, and never even open it Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But if you love God the way the Bible says to love God, you'll love His words. You'll love His words. You'll love the Word of God if you love Him the way the Bible says to love Him, with all your heart, with all your soul. So if you take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the words of God. You will love the Word. Not just say it, but you will love the words of God. Not only that, you'll love the house of God. You'll love the house of God. Now, you're commended. You're here this morning. That's a blessing. That's That's great. But I'm telling you, there's people that could be here today that aren't here. There's people that could be in church and you follow Oklahoma today that aren't there. They're not in church today. They're not going to church today. And they're using reasons that they feel like are good enough. But he said, love him with all your heart. With all your heart. I personally, I, I'm, just, I'm just being honest with you. This is just me. I can't think of a safer place to be with what's going on than to be where God tells us to be. Do we believe in the protection of God? Do we trust God? Do we believe that God's going to take care of us? We say that. Do we believe that? Well, Brother J.R., you can't just live a frivolous life. And I didn't say that. But we for sure ought to be where God wants us to be. 
You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the house of God. You won't get up on Sunday morning and say, well, we've got to go to church this morning. Well, we gotta, if we don't go, the preacher will call. If we don't go, somebody will call and check on us. No. no. We get to go to church. We get to go to church. What a great thing for you folks. You get to come to church. You have a place you can come. That's wonderful. We get to go. You take your love for God to a higher level. You bring your love for God up. You'll love His words and you'll love His house. You'll love His house. You'll come to church excited about what God's given your pastor to give you. You do understand. You do understand. There's some things God's going to tell your pastor that He's not going to tell you. Come on. The more you amen, the faster I'll preach. You do understand there's things God's going to tell your pastor He's not going to tell you. Yeah. See, if, if you don't say amen, then I repeat it. When I repeat it, it's going to take, we ain't getting out of here until two if y'all don't bring it. Real quick. Amen. I mean, God speaks to your pastor about things He doesn't tell you. God gives Him things to bring to you. That's Bible. That's the way God does. And if you're not here to get it, you miss what God has for you. Man, you take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the house of God. I heard a lady, I used to love, when Dad would get done preaching, he would go to the back. He would stand by the door and people would come out and shake his hand. I used to love to go stand behind him against the wall and listen to the things people said. Some of it's very, very comical. Some of it's very weird. Lady walked out one service, I remember saying to Dad, I don't know, he preached on the home, I think, and preached on how you need to be at church and faithfulness to church, and your kids don't need to have a choice whether they're going to church or not. They need to come to church because they live in your house, they eat your food. And I'm thinking, I've heard this message. <laughs> I've heard this message many times. You know, I never asked, he would say things like, I never ask my kids whether they want to go to church. They go to church because we're going to church and they're with us. I'm thinking, so is there an option? Is there, is there another way? And, I, and he preached that, and the lady, this lady came out, and she goes, Brother Jerry, I don't make my kids go to church, because if I make my kids go to church, they'll hate church someday. And she said, you know, you can get too much church. And I thought, where has she been all my life? I'm always in church. I'm always, we had Christian school. We had a daycare center. Opened at 6. My mom was the director. Guess who went to the daycare center with mom at 6 o'clock in the morning? To open the daycare center. It wasn't too bad, though. There was always juice and cookies in the fridge. And then at 8.30, I had to walk across the parking lot to the school. And then when I got out of school at 3.30, we had a paid janitor that cleaned our facilities all the time. He was there working all the time. Great man, did a great job. I bragged on him some. Then my dad figured out, you know, we got a free janitor, too, that gets out of school at 3.30. So then I would have to go over and check in with the janitor and get my job assignments. And I had to clean in the church until 5.30, till the janitor left and went home. Then at 5.30, I would go to the office and my dad would say something like this, son, i got to run and make a couple of visits. I'll be back in just a few minutes. He was lying. He lied every time he said that. There would be nights it would be 8.30, 9 o'clock. It would already be dark outside. I'm 11 years old. I'm in a church. You've been in a church after dark by yourself with the lights out? You hear door slam? The organ starts... No, the organ doesn't start playing. You hear noises? 
It's hard for an 11-year-old boy. I was never in the church by myself after dark with the lights out. I had every light in the building on. Every light in the building. And my face imprint was against the office door that went out, the glass, where I stood and waited for Dad to pull back up. I was always at church. Saturday's my day off. Wrong. 7.30, bus breakfast. 8.30, bus visitation. I was on the bus route with my uncle, who was a fanatic about the bus ministry. He visited all day. Because he felt like the more he visited, the more he would have. And so we visited all day. I mean, all day long. Maybe that's why we were putting 75 kids on a 60-passenger bus. Maybe that's why he did that. Brother Tim Knight came to our church and got saved and drove our bus. He was our bus driver. Brother Tim Knight is still at the ranch ministries. There's been my dad's associate, now my associate. We celebrated 43 years in September. He'll celebrate 43 years in March. And was driving the bus. Got, came to the church and got saved. Him and his wife got baptized, started driving the bus, and he drove our bus. My uncle was a fanatic. He would visit all day. He dropped me off at home 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening. That was my day, my free day. Sunday morning, it started all over again. We had to go pick those kids up. Started all over. If you can get too much church, I got too much church. And it didn't, didn't hurt me. I'm a little messed up, but it didn't hurt me. Huh? No. It's amazing. It was amazing. You take your love for God to a higher level. You'll love the house of God. You won't complain. Ah, oh, that preacher's got another meeting. Now he's doing this mission thing where we have a different preacher in every Sunday. And it was going good till the last Sunday. Now look what's happened. Now you'll love the house of God. You'll love coming to the house of God if you take your love for God to a higher level. You see that? Turn the page. It's encouraging, isn't it? It's kind of like when a preacher says, and in closing, and you've been in church long enough to know it doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> How about this one? I don't intend to keep you long. Have you heard him say that? I don't intend to keep you long tonight. So when he does, it was an accident? Hmm? Here's my favorite. I just want you to know I'm going to be conscious of the time. I have I've battled that one. So what did he just say? He didn't say nothing. That means he knows what time it is. I'm going to be conscious of the time. Yet our heart says, oh, he's going to preach short. He never said that. He never said that. Turn the page. It's got to be exciting. We're getting close. If you've got a hat, get it. Get ready to put your hat coat on. We're, we're getting close. Take your love for God to a higher level. You'll love the service of God. The service... What do you mean the service of God? Well, that's, that's where we're going to get into this giving thing. It's part of our service. Mm -hmm. I just can't, Brother GR, I just can't see mission giving. We well, don't love God the way the Bible says to love God. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll have no problem filling out a faith promise card. I want, I want to redesign it. I want to re I mean, we're using the same faith promise card, I think, Brother, uh, man, I can't remember who, was it Brother Clark or somebody? Somebody way back there did the faith promise. We're using the same one. I want one where you can put your credit card number on it. And they say, just like the pastor said, you don't put your name on this, you don't sign this, it's, you don't know anything. No, I want that one too. 
billing address? We need to have it all. I think we need to change it up. Times are changing. We live in a different day today. Things are more modern than they used to be. People should have to leave their credit card. Just let us take care of it for you. Let us take care of your mission giving. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the service of God. Giving to missions is a blessing. Giving to missions is a blessing. I'm so thankful this morning, Miss Jenny, I'm so thankful that if we go out of town, we leave our tithes and we leave our mission giving there so it can go in the offering. Um, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get a week off. got to give it. I'm so thankful this morning. We made an investment this morning in missions. In other, there, there, there's, there's other services going on today that we've invested in because we gave to missions. What a blessing. What a blessing. And as a, as a church as a whole, giving to faith promise missions. What a blessing. And you, do you know what it is for your pastor? You know how your pastor, you know how it makes your pastor feel when those faith promise cards come in and he realizes it didn't go down? It went up. You know what that tells me as a pastor? That tells me our people are getting it. They're figuring out when I give, God blesses. I'm telling you, the people at Calvary have figured that out. We don't have very many people. You get past our staff, we don't have a lot of people at Calvary. But boy, they give to missions. Man, they, they give to missions. They, they figured out that God's going to bless when they do. You know what? You take your love for God to a higher level. You'll love the service of God. You'll look for things you can do for God. Well, when is retirement? For God? I don't think there is. We just got back three weeks ago from Colorado. I got to go out and do a hunt in Colorado and got some friends out there. And I love Colorado. I love Colorado. I love the, I love the, the beauty of the mountains. I don't like climbing them, but I love the beauty of the mountains. I, I, I'm not a mountain climber. I know that shocks you. <laughs> I'm not a mountain climber. But it's so pretty out there. I just love it out there. I tell Miss Jenny all the time, one day when we retire, we're moving to Colorado. I'm going to get a cabin up on a mountain somewhere and just live off the land. She said, when's that going to happen? I said, never. But it feels so good to think about it. It just, it just, just, to, just to say it and just to talk about it, it just brings a warm feeling over me. Because I know it'll never happen because there's no place to retire in the work of God. Get to get, you, you take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the service of God. You'll love the giving. Now, missions is not just giving of money, although it ha- we have to give the money. But it's also giving of yourself. Yeah, Giving of your time. The men we talked about in Sunday school this morning, they gave their time. They gave of themselves. There's so much we can do. And so much God wants to bless us for. You take your love for God to a higher level. You raise your love for God to the next level. And you'll love the works of God. You'll love the words of God. You'll love the house of God. And not only that, Next to, next to, lastly, you'll love the instruction and correction of God. Man. Instruction and correction? I never one time, my dad was a strong disciplinarian. He was strong and he was a disciplinarian. So therefore he was a strong disciplinarian. I never one time when I went to his room and assumed that position... And he applied the 
sportive correction to the back of my lap. I never one time turned around and said, Dad, I just want you to know, I appreciate that. I want you to know, you've, you've upped your game. You've, I don't know if you've been working out. I don't know if you've got some new energy drink. I don't know if you've been mixing three or four different things that's caused you to have superpowers. Because you miraculously lose weight. I don't know if you've done that, but you are laying it on good. I just want to tell you right now. You did. I never one time told him that. Do your, parents, do your parents ever say anything like this to you? This hurts me more than it hurts you. That's a lie. This hurts me. My dad told me that one time. This hurts me more than it hurts you. My thought was this. Well, give me the board. Let me paddle you. Because I'm the one that's been wrong. If it hurts more to be the one doing it, let me paddle you. I should be hurting more. I said, I thought that. I didn't say that. But they say things like that sometimes. They say, parents say strange things. You ever notice that? It hurts me more than it hurts you. Um, if Joe jumped off a cliff, would you? They say things like that. I, this is my favorite one. I'm the parent here. As if there was problem figuring that out. You know? I mean, you'll love the instruction and correction of God. You know, what this, you know what this book right here does to me? It instructs me. You know what else it does? It corrects me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit of God eats my lunch a lot. I get in this book and the conviction from this book, but can you imagine, can you imagine what I would be? Can you imagine what your pastor would be? Can you imagine what John Carneal, who's already asleep, would be? Without the instruction and correction of the Holy Spirit of God? When we sin, just like when you sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us. We would be a mess if it wasn't for instruction and correction. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the instruction and correction that comes from this book. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love it when the preacher preaches it. It's amazing to me. God speaks to the pastor, gives the pastor the message. He comes to the pulpit, he preaches the message God told him to preach. And people get mad at the pastor. He's preaching what God told him to preach. If you want to do this thing right, get mad at God. See how that turns out. See how that works out for you. You'll love instruction and correction. I don't go to church to feel good. I don't go to church. I, don't, I said this morning, I, I don't like it when church members come out and they go, man, that was a real, I really enjoyed that message today. I don't, enjoy, I don't even enjoy preaching messages that are convicting. You understand when your pastor's prepared a message and we prepare a message to stand and preach for you, we've already been convicted. We've already been through this message. We've already been raked over the coals with this message. Get mad at the preacher when he preaches the Word of God to you. Be thankful you got a preacher that will preach the Word of God to you. There's preachers preaching this morning that have not even opened this book. And they're already wrapped up. Yeah, they're already wrapped up. They're already in the... Where's the coffee shop? This way? They're already in the coffee shop getting coffee. They're done. And he gave them a few thoughts today few thoughts. That's what my dad, my dad was a thought preacher. My dad would just share a few thoughts with you and encourage you. 
He would encourage you to try a little harder this week. God understands. God don't understand. And my dad never did that. Be thankful you got a preacher that'll preach the book to you. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love instruction and correction. You'll love leaving church dragging a leg. You'll, you'll love leaving church dripping blood because the preacher just raked you really good over the coals with the Word of God. We need that. That's going to help us get through to Wednesday. That's going to help us get from Wednesday to Sunday. I don't need to be pacified. I need to be convicted. I need to be convicted. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love instruction and correction. And next to lastly, take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the people of God. Who do you like to hang with? Who do you run with? I I worry about people that say they love God, but during the week, they're running with people that don't. I worry about that. Do you know it's easier to do wrong than it is to do right? I heard that preached like 77,000 times. It's easier to do wrong than it is to do right. The world's going to pull you down before you pull them up. Mm -hmm. I love the people of God. I love being out with preachers. I I love to eat. Took you back, didn't it? You're like, what? I love to eat. I love to eat with preachers. I love to fellowship with Christians. Say, that's my people. Now, I want to reach the world. But I'm not going to live in the world and live like the world to reach the world. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the people of God. Your friends will be at church. Your friends will be at church. Be careful. I I don't know where you guys go to school. You may go to the Christian school here. But be careful because a lot of times... Uh, let, me, let me just say this. Be careful at family reunions. Because here's what usually happens. Mom and dad, that's my brother. That's my sister's kid. You go play with them. A lot of kids have had their first cigarette at a family reunion. A lot of kids have been introduced to drugs at a family reunion because you made them go play with their wicked cousins. I didn't go over real well. But it's the truth. It's be careful. I'm not saying we don't, we, we, I'm not saying we just shun them. I'm saying be careful who we push our kids to fellowship with. Well, buddy, you're going to play Little League. I don't care if it is on Sunday. Hmm. I know, Brother Bill, I know a lot of, okay, preacher boys, because they surrendered to preach when I did, but they got out of church on Sundays because of Little League, and they're not preacher boys now. They're not in church now. I don't know where my career would have gone in sports. Thank you for the laughs. I was waiting. I was hanging on that, thinking somebody would, other than sumo wrestler, I mean, what else could I do, you know? But we better be careful. That's not what's most important. That's not what's most important in your son's life. Just because you couldn't, don't force him to. I want my kids to love God. And the people of God. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love the people of God. And lastly, thank you, Miss Jenny. That's the one you were looking for, right? You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll love people to notice. I'm not ashamed. 
I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not ashamed to be a McDonald. But I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not. My wife, God used, used my wife so many times in my life. She's not that spiritual, but God, God has used my wife so many times. A few years ago, let me tell you what she did. She made a license plate for my truck. Now, I'm driving the ranch truck today, so it's not on there. My truck's at home. She made a license plate for the front of my truck. It says, Preacher. Ruined my life. Ruined my life. I mean, I can't have road rage. It says, Preacher, on the front of my truck. If I get cut off in traffic, all I can do is go, it's no problem. It's okay. Preacher. Preacher. When they don't get my order right at the drive-thru, which is 97% of the time, I can't say anything. We were going to, we were driving to Oklahoma City to Heartland to a meeting, and we stopped at Henrietta at Brahms, because there was a Brahms there, for breakfast that morning. And so I pulled up and I said, you know what you want? She says, yeah, I want a number three. I said, okay. I told the lady, I'm the speaker, I take your order? I want a number three and a number five, both with coffee. And she said, okay, that's a number two and a number four? I said, no, ma'am, a number three and a number five. And what would you like to drink? Both with coffee. Okay, number two and a number five, both with coffee. No, ma'am, that's not what I said. How about I pull up to the window and tell you what I want? Boom, I just pull up. And I pull up to the window, I roll my window down, the lady comes to the window, and somebody taps me on the arm. It's Miss Jenny, and she has a church track. And she said, give her this and ask her to come and hear you preach Sunday. I said, you give me that track, and I'll give it to her and ask her to come and hear me preach Sunday. I mean, she messed me up, putting preacher on the front of my truck. But you know what? It ought to not bother us for people to know who we are. You take your love for God to a higher level, you'll want people to notice. And I want to say something. You take your love for God to a higher level, people will ask. People will ask. When's the last time somebody came up to you and said, there's something different about you? What is it? Huh? I think that happened to Paul and Silas in jail. They didn't have to say anything, just their life. And the jailer said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? When's the last time? When's the last time? I had a lady not long ago I was talking to, an older lady, and she got ready to leave, and she said, well, God bless you. And I said, God bless you too. She turned around and she said, do you know Christ? Brother Bill, I don't ever remember that happening in my life. Do you know Christ? And then you know what came over me? The Holy Spirit said, you should ask first. And I had to tell her, yes, ma'am, I know Christ. I'm a Christian. I got saved March 10th, 1970 as an eight-year-old boy. I actually pastor Calvary Baptist Church. And I really should have asked you first. She said, that's wonderful, son. God bless you. Man, didn't bother me. I'm thankful I'm saved. Thankful I know the Lord. I learned a lot at the memorial service that day, and that was this. You know, I can take my love for God to a higher level. Even though I felt like I was where God wanted me, I can take my love for God to a higher level. And when I do, things change in my life. My love for His Word. My love for His service. You won't, listen, 
You love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. You won't try to reason today why you, don't, why you can't give to missions. You'll run to get a card so that you can give to missions if you love God the way the Bible says to love Him. Oh, I'm telling you, that day, that day, my first thought was, I love God. I love God. But what he said was, you can always take your love for God and your love for others to a higher level. How about you today? Now, listen, you can't love God the way the Bible says to love God till you know God. You can't love God the way the Bible says to love God till you're saved. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, salvation is your need. Let me just say this to you. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. You, you could have accidentally walked into a different church today and not been given the opportunity to be saved. Because there's a lot of churches today will end their service and no one will have the opportunity to be saved. But Calvary Baptist Church in Eufaula, and I honestly believe this church, you can correct me if I'm wrong, will always give an opportunity for people to be saved and will always have their doors and their arms open to anyone that wants to be saved. So if you're here today and you're lost, you're in a good place. You're in a place where you can be saved today. And what will people think if you get saved today? Everyone in this room will be thrilled that you got saved today. And they'll be rejoicing in heaven that you got saved today. If you don't know the Lord, you can't love Him the way the Bible says to love Him until you accept Christ as your Savior. But if you know the Lord and you're saved, I ask you this, how's your love? Well, I love Him. Tell your wife you love her that way. Tell your husband you love him that way. Well, I love you. But that's the way we do the Lord so many times. Well, well, I love you. That was Peter, wasn't it? Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Yea, Lord, you know I love you. Wasn't what he was looking for. He was looking for with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And that's what he's looking for us from us today. That's what he wants from us. So let me ask you this morning. Just like when I prepared this message, I had to ask the Lord again to forgive me for not loving him the way I ought to love him. And I had to take my love up a notch. Let me ask you today, what about you? What about you? Could you take your love for God to a higher level today, knowing the things that will change in your life when you do? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to turn the service over to the pastor. It's invitation time. That's the invitation for you if you need to be saved, to be saved. If you need to come to the altar, a closer walk with him, whatever the need is, this is that time for you. So as the invitation, and I'll turn it to you, Brother Bill. Band is going to play here in a moment, but the altar's already open. You know you need to come. Come right ahead. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe the case is you are uh, not sure that if you died today that you'd go to heaven. You're not sure that you've been saved by the grace of God. Uh, we'd sure like to share the gospel with you. Definitely would like to pray for you. You're here this morning. You're not sure that you've ever trusted Christ as your Savior. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? <clears throat> We'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to call on you. not going to point you out. I'm not going to come get you. I'd just like to pray for you. Preacher, I'm just not sure if I was to die today that I would go to heaven. Anybody here like that? If you just slip up your hand wherever you're at, let me acknowledge that. We'll move on with the service. Anyone at all? Be, I'd just be ashamed not to ask the question. Anyone at all? you're here this morning God spoke to your heart you know that he did your love for him is not what it should be not where it should be I hope you'll take this opportunity I'm not going to have a show of hands about that many have already made their way to the altar but I'm going to ask you to take this opportunity 
Come down. Have a little talk with Jesus. I guarantee it could change your whole life and the direction of your life. If you just listen to him and respond the way that he would have you to do so. Piano's going to play. This altar's open for you. You need to come. Why don't you come even now? Just let him have his way. Come on. You, you know you need to come. Plenty of room. Plenty of time. Do you love him like you should? I mean, can you honestly say that? That you love him like you should? Is it evident with the way you live your life? Does it show up? In what you do? How you live? And what you don't do? Brother Dan's going to sing a verse. We're going to take time. You need to come. You know you do. Come right ahead. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Another verse. There's still time. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot Thank you, Brother McDonald. Appreciate that so very much. If you missed anyone, make your way back into the foyer. I know that folks want to thank you for that message and uh, appreciate so much the fact that God allowed you to be here with us today. Very thankful for you. If you have not picked up your Faith Promise Commitment card, there will be those on the Information Center back there. Please stop by and pick one up. At least take time to pray over that, just asking God what he would have you to give in the way of faith promise missions. It's pretty self-explanatory and how to fill it out, and I hope that you'll do that. Remember, this is the Lord's Day. It's not just his morning, and we'll have a service again this afternoon at 5.30. Hopefully you'll be in your place for that. We're looking forward. Brother McDonald will be preaching again. Wasn't that good this morning? Amen. What a challenge to our heart. What a challenge to our walk, our daily walk. Brother Andrew's going to come. He's got a couple of announcements. Don't forget about the offering. Uh, of course, we're not passing the plates right now because of everything that's going on, but the offering plates will be there at the back door with the ushers. Don't forget about your offering, your tithes and offerings, what God would have you to give. If you're visiting for, with us and visiting for the first time, hopefully you got a visitor's card. If you did not, stop by the information center, fill one of those out. Um, we've got a gift that we would like to give you. We love visitors around here, and we're very thankful that you're here. Hope that you've been made to feel at home. Um, hope you'll come back and see us again. If we can help you in any way, please be sure and see me or one of the good people of the church before you leave uh, today. Brother Andrew's got a couple of announcements, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer.
All right, hopefully you got a bulletin this morning as you came in. Just a couple hi- uh, announcements I want to highlight. Choir practice has started back up, and next Sunday night the choir will be singing a special song they're working on in preparation for election. And so choir practice will be at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Because of choir practice at 4, the kids' uh, children's Christmas play practice will be following the evening service. That will be today's activities. And then also we announce Wednesday night we will be having Harvest Banquet the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Uh, be the Tuesday before Thanksgiving on the 24th of November at 6.30. And if you are planning on coming, if you wouldn't mind signing up at the Information Center, uh, putting down your family name, how many are coming. We're just asking everybody that come, please bring a dessert. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to have smoked turkey again like we did last year. Uh, Van Zeno's here in town is going to smoke the turkeys for us. And then this Tuesday night is a secret sister reveal uh, for 2020. That'll be at 6 o'clock in the fireside room. Uh, ladies, there's also a sign-up sheet for that out in the foyer as well as some information. And if you have any questions about secret sister reveal, please see Miss Pam. Let's go, Lord, and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you again for the privilege it has been to be able to be in your house. Lord, for the word of God as it's been preached and as we've been challenged. And Lord, even this morning, um, the challenge that's been given of really, Lord, an individual challenge. We know this is a missions month, and for Riverside Baptist Church, we're uh, praying about what we could do from a financial perspective to further the cause of missions across the globe. Lord, I, I believe this morning it got very personal and very individual where we must, each and every one of us, ask ourselves how much we really do love you. And I can honestly confess for myself, God, that I could answer it just like Brother J.R. answered it and think, yeah, God, I love you. But Lord, I know my love can, can go even, even this morning, Lord, can go to a higher level. And I pray we've been challenged, Lord. I pray that we've been convicted and we've been stirred, Lord, that our, our, our feet have been stepped on this morning and We've been determined to put you first. Lord, we wouldn't let the things of this life and the activities of this life and and the cares and the affairs of this life to keep us from making you the number one priority in our life. Help us as we go, God, to make sure that not only that we say that we love you, but we actually live it. Lord, as we depart this morning, may you bless the offering, may you use it, multiply it for the work that's done here, as well as the missionaries that we support, many who have concluded their Sunday morning services and even some who have concluded now their Sunday evening services. God, I pray that you bless as only you can as the offerings given. And then we pray for that individual right now this morning, Lord, that is being dealt with in the back. God, you know the individual. You know their need this morning. I pray that you meet it as only you can. Lord, help us as we leave and we depart this morning to be exactly what you want us to be. Lord, help us to be changed in the image of Jesus Christ, to represent you like we ought to as we leave. And bring us back tonight. Looking forward to the message.